Welcome to another episode of Breakaway from the Rat Race. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Scott Myers. Scott is known as the nation's leading expert in self-storage facilities and self-storage investment. Uh, he, after becoming penniless uh, using uh, investing in uh, single family rentals and apartment rentals, he began investing in self-storage and he saw the light, as he says, and he quickly sold his single family rentals and apartment buildings in to create, start creating this empire of self-storage facilities nationwide. His company focuses on syndicating self-storage deals and helping others also start their own self-storage business and enjoy a lifestyle free of tenants and toilets and trash. Scott, welcome to the show. Eric, thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. My pleasure. So yeah, as I was saying, like a couple <clears throat> of weeks ago, I spoke with a couple of other people that were interested in self-storage facilities. And I was I was uh, interested as I kind of interested as well. I think it's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the yeah. So tell me more about about this, about kind of like how you got started in self-storage mm -hmm. facilities, and then kind of like the difference also between sell you know single family rentals apartment buildings and mm. the and the self storage facilities sure so i guess started in real estate like uh, so many other folks uh, did and that is uh, by getting into a single family house so i i bought a single family house we rehabbed it refinanced it rented it out so using uh, the burr method before it was uh, called the burr method yeah we took those proceeds and then we bought uh, two more houses uh, also with assumable mortgages now this is dating me back to 1993 uh, yeah. But we continued to grow our portfolio of single-family houses, but didn't really have the cash flow and the and the freedom, as we mentioned. We had a lot of hassles with tenants and toilets and trash, and we love the real estate game for all the reasons that people love real estate, and that is because you can borrow money to buy it, you can depreciate it, it appreciates in value if you do things uh, correctly, and your tenants pay the basis down for you while you generate an income. If it just weren't for the tenants, um, you know, it, it's a necessary evil in our business. So I looked at uh, across the real estate landscape and thought, well, what can I invest in that doesn't have tenants uh, and toilets and trash and, and really left me with parking lots and self storage. And so I looked into parking lots and, you know, there's really not a way to create value in parking lots, um, you know, moderate rent increases, but you can't really, you know, create that value of, you know, decreasing expenses while increasing the income streams or value of a, a parking lot like you could with a self storage facility where there's multiple income streams and multiple tenants and ways that you can raise uh, the rates and the value. So I began looking into self-storage and uh, yes, absolutely saw the light um, because of the differences in self-storage and the fact that it is not habitational real estate, which means that um, we do not have the instance where the government can step in and, and cause a moratorium on uh, evictions uh, like they're doing right now. You know, we, it, people, if they do not pay, <clears throat> we have to go through a lengthy eviction process to move them out. And it's not easy to do these days. In the meantime, they can do lots of damage and owe us a, a whole lot of money. And at the end of the day, we go to court and we get a little, little yellow or pink piece of paper. And if they pay us, um, great. If they don't pay us, there's not a whole lot of recourse in that uh, event. Whereas with self-storage, the biggest difference is that we are not governed by eviction laws. So we are governed by lien laws. And with the lien laws and self-storage, if somebody doesn't pay, you lock them out. And then after 90 days, you sell their stuff off and you get your money back. Mm -hmm. So, and, and then when they move out, whether they do it on their own, or if we, you know, in the very rare instance, we don't hold that many auctions because they, they have that threat of that happening out there. But either way, when I get the unit back, we don't have the very expensive 
turnaround and rehab of an apartment or a house by way of cleaning or replacing the carpet or painting or drywall or appliances. None of that is, is involved in self-storage. We just got a metal box on a concrete slab. So we take a broom or a blower and we blow it out and we move in the next person waiting in line. So those, those two alone, uh, both the, the tenancy exchange um, in our transition versus, uh, as well as the, the fact that if somebody doesn't pay, we have recourse in getting our money back. Whereas with habitational real estate, we really don't. And it's very expensive when an apartment or a unit turns. Uh, that is when I saw the light and decided to, to sell off all our houses and our apartments. And then we went to just full bore 100% into self-storage. Yeah, and I think the other advantage as well <laughs> is that you it opens up more markets because it's mm -hmm. uh, it's lien laws that apply. You don't have to worry about tenant tenant laws and landlord tenant laws because one of our main criteria for investing in uh, single family rentals or apartment rentals is uh, is whether the state is landlord mm -hmm. friendly. Correct. So right there, just having this first criteria, mm -hmm. it eliminates a whole bunch of states that, you know, that, that would be appealing otherwise. Right. But mm -hmm. because they don't have the right tenant laws, then we mm -hmm. say, well, we're just going to stay away from it. I don't want to spend like in California, for example. I mean, right. we don't mm -hmm. invest. I live here, but mm -hmm. I don't I don't invest here because because of the tenant laws and because mm -hmm. of uh, but it's also the economics also doesn't make sense. Yep. So red state, blue state doesn't matter to us. We yeah. still get paid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's, uh, that's perfect. The um, so I think, so you also mentioned there's multiple ways to kind of increase value of mm -hmm. a self storage facilities. So, um, so tell, tell us about some of these, these things that you're doing mm -hmm. to increase the values, because from from the outside, I mean, you look at it, say, okay, well, it's a, you know, it's a storage <clears throat> facility, what can you mm -hmm. do, you can paint, make them right. look better, put a better sign. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what else can you do to add mm -hmm. values to your tenant? Mm -hmm. Well, going into it, like all other forms of real estate, and I, and I guess I'll compare to apartments or multi-unit of real estate, like an apartment complex uh, or multifamily, you know, we go in and we do our underwriting and we find out, first of all, can we raise rates? You know, it, we have many of these mom and pop owners that haven't raised rates in a number of years because they wanted to stay full or they just didn't pay attention to the market. So that, that's an easy one in yeah. a way to be able to create a value. But then we have software, which is has dynamic pricing in it, which is just like the airlines use. And the, the more full we get as our occupancy increases, then the higher the rate goes. And we don't have to make those adjustments. Um, manager doesn't have to. We as owners don't have to. And it's just automatically built in. Uh, late fees are, are one of those areas in which many of the mom and pop owners, uh, they would charge a, a, a deposit. And they would um, collect a deposit from folks, but then have to give it back when they move out. Well, there's really not a deposit necessary in self-storage because I just mentioned the lien laws yeah. um, that you know that, that negates that. So we change those over to a non-refundable administration fee of $19, $25, whatever that looks like. And then all that money goes directly to the bottom line. We can add the tenant insurance. We can we offer it. We don't sell it unless we're licensed. You can't sell insurance without licensing it. But uh, we offer renter's insurance and, and we also can sell tenant protection plans, which um, affords them roughly the same coverage and the same liability coverage as an insurance program. And so all those folks that come into our facilities are, are asked if they either have a policy at home that covers while they're renting. And in some of our facilities and across the industry, it's mandated that you you have to have some form of protection or insurance or otherwise you can't rent at the facility. Many owners don't want to take on that liability of somebody being disgruntled and, and, and suing them for whatever reason, even frivolously. So we, we just don't take that on. 
We sell locks, boxes, and moving supplies um, because they typically, if our, our clients typically don't remember to bring those when they come in. And then we get into more of some of the advanced income streams that we can add on to a facility like um, truck rentals uh, through U-Haul or Penske or budget. And um, we, oh, we receive okay. a commission off of those. Yeah. Um, if we have boats and RVs that we store, especially RVs, uh, we can offer a propane service. We offer a concierge service to um, detail and have their vehicles ready for them uh, when they uh, arrive. Uh -huh. uh, we can also offer a pack and ship program for those folks that uh, have an eBay business and they keep inventory on site. So the list goes on and on. There's lots of ancillary wow. that we can put in place to add on. But mm -hmm. then on the expense side, you know, we, we can reduce payroll by adding technology, by adding a kiosk and, and a website and that is mobile friendly that allows folks to not only rent a unit from the website or a mobile phone, but also to be able to pay rent and access their facility that way as well, thus reducing our, our payroll and expenses. And then yeah. the normal appealing of taxes and how we structure our facilities going into it, which gives us some advantages in reducing our expenses uh, as well. Mm -hmm. No, that's that's <clears throat> so. I think there's a couple of things that are, that are pretty important. I think is uh, part of it is reducing expenses, but the mm -hmm. other thing that is, in my opinion, more important is is about really understanding your customers, your customers' need, sure. and then <clears throat> figure out a way to to address them. You know, mm -hmm. doing the the car detailing and all of that, and providing you know truck rentals and all of that. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's and also even the pack pack and ship that you mentioned mm -hmm. for people that have an eBay business. Absolutely. I mean, this is really about understanding your customers and what mm -hmm. they do and uh, how you can help them. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. It, it so, is, and that's we're we're in a, we're a service based business. Uh, when people come into a facility, I mean, we're we're kind of in the uh, in the trauma and transition business. When people come yeah. into a storage facility. There's usually something going on in their lives. They're, you know, their basement flooded and they have to put their stuff in storage while they fix it. Um, yeah. Death, divorce, estates being um, settled, um, a move, uh, a job loss, which forces a, a move of some sort. And so, yeah, many times when people walk into our store, um, you know, their, their hair's on fire. They got something going on. So it is 100%, um, you're right, Eric, all about serving our customers. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's say uh, some of our listeners are, are interested in that, and they, they want to get started, what's the best way to get started if they want to, uh, to, if they want to do self storage? Mm -hmm. Well, that, that's a loaded question. And I can answer that uh, by way yeah. of saying it, it depends, obviously. So th there's a number of ways. And you know, we're talking commercial real estate. And, and although this is a lower price form of commercial real estate, you can get into a self storage facility, um, smaller, you know, 10, 15, 20 unit uh, facility in some rural areas for $100,000, $200,000 and have a multi-unit piece of commercial real estate that allows you to uh, leverage to be able to buy multiple units in one location and get all the benefits of you know, a multi-unit commercial property. It's a little more difficult as uh, the closer you move towards the metro areas and the secondary markets. And so you have to have a little bit more capital in order to do so. Uh, but the one of the easier ways to get into it, to your to your question, is to partner with someone who has experience, uh, who mm -hmm. maybe have capital or both, um, where they have lending experience and maybe they're signing on the loan along with you. So coming alongside of someone is also a great way to get into the business. And we also have, you know, we syndicate our projects. We bring in limited partners or private equity partners that come into a facility a project with us that that will um, that will contribute fifty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars to a project, which may be a five million, ten million, fifteen million dollar project. 
And so they don't have to come up with all of that yeah. capital if they were to do this on their own and take on the liability of a loan, manage a team, the development and everything else. And so it's a great way to get started and learn about the business and really earn while you learn the business and then build that credibility and your resume when it comes time to go do your own. But now when it's time to go do your own um, to get started, no different than multifamily and single family, you know, you need to build your funnel and yeah. crank up your marketing machine and send direct mailers out to owners make communications with and, and relationships with the brokers that are selling self-storage facilities in your market, and then surveying your market and going and pulling on doors and talking to the person behind the counter. It may be an employee or it may be the owner and just getting an understanding of uh, who's in the market and um, getting in front of them to see, you know, if, and when it's time for them to sell that uh, they call you, or at least you get a seat at the table. Yeah. Yeah. So do you prefer to build, you build new facilities or you buy existing facilities and then kind of like do the value add, you do kind of both. How, how do you, uh, how do you we do a little bit of both? Um, yeah. When we got started in the business, obviously the quickest way and the easiest way to get started in self-storage is to buy an existing facility. That's yeah. obviously the easier, um, easier to get a loan because the banks can look at a historical occupancy and cash flows. Uh, but so we buy existing facilities um, and create value by way of adding the income streams, reducing expenses, as we just mentioned. Uh, mm -hmm. We'd like to buy existing facilities that have land that is available to build on that may have an additional half acre, one acre, three acres in which we can build additional yeah, buildings yeah. and expand and create value that way. We will buy a vacant uh, grocery stores and industrial buildings and office buildings and convert them into self-storage yeah. as well. So we start with a solid shell and then we add self-storage to it. And we also build from the ground up. So we'll buy a piece of dirt, uh, do our feasibility studies, buy a piece of dirt, and then uh, build a facility on uh, on that and add the income stream as we go along. So we're mm -hmm. involved in uh, in all facets of self-storage. Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds very good. I was thinking, especially now, I think a lot of these uh, mm -hmm. these retail spaces, mm -hmm. some in some market, I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be empty for for a while, and then yeah. they're gonna be selling these commercial facilities. Mm -hmm. So you know that this could be a way to to get in there and uh, you know yeah. and buy them and convert them. The retail world is really taking a hit in uh, 2020, yeah. and it's not going to stop. Um, we continue to see bankruptcies from large retailers and, and small. So these retail strip centers and the big anchor stores, the standalones, uh, there, there's uh, plenty of buildings out there that once yeah. uh, they get down, they've been out there on the market for a while, and they realize that retail is not coming back, that um, we're going to be able to buy those up. And, and we're already doing that and, and converting them over. So that is uh, one of our top strategies right now, Eric. So you're absolutely on top of it. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, so what are some of the key markets that uh, you think some of our listeners should be looking at if they're interested in maybe starting their own? Uh, mm -hmm. And then kind of like, I guess you kind of like what we do for single family rentals, you kind of go in there, figure out what the what's the best market, mm -hmm. and talk to brokers, as you mentioned, uh, mm -hmm. go actually there and talk to, uh, to owners mm -hmm. or people behind the desk and say, hey, you know, what's what's going on? Who's the owner? Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. So what are some of the markets that people should be looking at if they're interested in self-storage? So we, we look at markets much the same as somebody looking at single family or apartments, uh, multifamily would, and that is that uh, we like high growth markets and we like to see that the, the rental rates in the market are already strong so that we know if we're buying a facility where they haven't raised the rates for a while, that we've got a, a large delta, a large variance that we can build value or mm -hmm. that the rental rates are high enough that we can afford to build. Because if nobody's raised rates in a, in a rural area for a while, they're all competing to get to the bottom. 
yeah. the rates are so suppressed that that doesn't matter. You can get the land for free and put a building on it and, and it won't pencil out. It won't make money. So we do like those high growth markets, but remember self-storage, very inflation resistant because when people buy more stuff, they need a place to store more stuff. So it works well during that economy, but also in a recession, when businesses are downsizing and people are downsizing, um, there's a huge demand for storage as well. And so that, that parlays into a market as well. We like high growth. Mm -hmm. That means great opportunities, but also in, in a market which is changing, you know, there has been a large manufacturer or a large uh, wage, um, a, a company that supplied a lot of jobs that has now moved away and yeah. the wages are now being suppressed and, and some of those jobs are going away. Well, that we're in the trauma and transition business that also causes a demand for storage. Mm -hmm. So all, all that to say, Eric, people need to start looking at their backyard, <laughs> look yeah. within a two hour drive of your backyard, um, you know, continue to look for the best market in the country or the fastest growing um, because the opportunity in storage, because of how it works and the nature of it, um, those opportunities, you can find those in your backyard. Mm -hmm. So the other thing is also like find, finding those the the owners and stuff mm -hmm. like that. I mean that's the on the single family rentals or apartment building it's a little bit easier because mm -hmm. I mean it's it's clear. I mean you can you, there's database there's lists that mm -hmm. you can access and it's pretty easy to to get the owner and send them a letter and you can automate that whole process. But mm -hmm. how do you do that? It sounds like it's more you have to be more hands on on the. Um, in, in, in order to acquire your first self-storage facility. Actually, right? I, I'd say it's the opposite of that. Um, oh, we yeah. use the same list brokers in the, in the same format that when we were buying our multifamily projects as we did with self-storage. However, our industry actually has a couple extra set of databases uh, that, that it's much easier to find the owners through the LLCs and, and by other means oh, yeah. and other ways that uh, we found a dramatic difference in uh, how much simpler it is to be able to find the owner and get a letter that lands on their desk um, as oh, it was okay. when we were sending it out to our, for single family and certainly for multifamily. And this this database is accessible to everybody or do you have to pay for uh, for You have to pay for it. You, know, you, okay. you pay for these services, but we have a couple extra companies that, that we utilize in the self-storage arena, um, which are, are far more scrubbed and detailed and actually get to the owner's addresses. Okay. Do you, do you mind sharing one or two of uh, one of these uh, databases that we can look at? Sure. Yardi Yardi Matrix is one of them, spelled Y A R D I. Yardi Matrix is one of them, and then also uh, Radius is another one that we use for market research and also um, finding the folks that own these facilities. Well, sounds good. So uh, part of part of what you're doing as well is, I mean, obviously re you really like self storage. You do mm -hmm. you put syndications together. So you you right. put a, a but you do also like mentoring, coaching. You have like mm -hmm. events and co courses and stuff like that. All of that is on your on your website. Uh, so tell us more about that about that whole education side sure. of what you're doing mm -hmm. in uh, on self storage. Yeah, I never set out to grow an education company and certainly never set out to be a, a, a guru, if you will. Um, but along the way, when I got into self-storage back in 2005, you know, there wasn't a company like ours. There really wasn't anybody or people or groups where we could learn about the business, where somebody would walk you through how to find, evaluate, purchase, and manage a self-storage facility. There were a few books at the time and you could pay some consultants and you can go to the trade shows and, you know, learn about doors and about, you know, how, how, to, how to paint facilities and build them, but not about really the investing side for an investor. And so, you know, we learned on our own. I, I paid mentors, I paid consultants um, to fill in the gaps and my blind spots in the beginning. 
But then I, I, I ran, I used to run the Indianapolis Landlord Association, which became okay. the Central Indiana Real Estate Investor Association. And people began seeing what we were doing in self-storage and wanted to learn about it. So we started holding workshops and then they got bigger. And then some of the agents, uh, the national speakers wanted me to go out and speak at different real estate groups across the country on how to do this. And then everybody um, in the arena said, okay, now you need to have a live event and you have, next step is a home study system and we want mentoring and coaching. And so, you know, really, I, I don't want to say we were drug into it because I'm, I'm kind of an educator at heart anyways. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm passionate about that. I love to do that. Um, but before I knew it, I grew a 60 hour week business on the education side, in addition to my 60 hour week on the investment <laughs> side of the business. And so uh, we, we've successfully blended the two together now. And so our, our education um, side of the business by way of our, our top level mentoring programs and our mastermind, you know, that those are the people that I'm investing with. And so mm -hmm. we're teaching them our ways and our means, especially on how to go out and find and evaluate facilities and development sites. And then um, if it makes sense to do so, we come alongside of them if they need the additional resources from our, our balance sheet or our equity partners or for us to be on the loan or just uh, assistance that the, you know, the bank wants to see to give them assurance before they make a loan to one of our students or one of our associates, yeah. our mastermind. So it's been a good partnership between the two. Yeah, and I think also there's, uh, yeah, there's so many, it, it's a little bit, uh, there's a lot of different opportunities, but there's also a lot of things like you, me you mentioned earlier, for example, to uh, to reduce the, the staff and stuff like that, have, have basically your self-storage <laughs> facility mm -hmm. uh, operate kind of like remotely, people being able to to reserve their uh, and, and, uh, and rent their storage uh, unit uh, on mm -hmm. the website, being mm -hmm. able to access, you know, do everything, the whole transaction on their own without any human intervention, pretty much, mm -hmm. um, you know. But, you know, the next question is going to be, okay, well, what system do I use? Where, where do I get it? And blah, 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 blah. How do I set that up? And the mm -hmm. process associated with that. So, yeah, I think that having someone like yourself kind of like that has done that for like, you have like 13,000 uh, units, if I read correctly. Correct. Um, so you've done it a few times. Uh, yep. You know what system to implement. You know what, mm -hmm. what system to get and which one not to get. And um, so I think that that's pretty valuable. And I suspect that your, uh, your group, your mastermind and all, all the, and your website and all of that can provide that information for the people that are looking for that. Yeah. Well, one of my mentors along the way um, said, um, you're going to pay for education in, in real estate investing, no matter where you invest or how yeah. you invest. Um, you're either the market is going to um, uh, make you pay for it or you pay for it up, up front. And, uh, and, and I can say 1000% from experience uh, that that is uh, true um, in, in every single instance. And um, I, I continue, I have a massive education budget, even now after 15 years in the business. And as you mentioned, 14,000 units and 2.4 million square feet in the industry. Um, mm -hmm. I'm still learning and I have an education budget where I'm, I'm constantly teaching myself on how to get better at my craft and self-storage and as a business owner, and uh, there's just no end to it. So um, 100%, uh, there, there's a return on that. Excellent, Buzz. Yeah, and it's it's a little bit like uh, like me as well. Like uh, when I started in this business, I mean, I didn't even start to think about like like doing Martel Turnkey. I was thinking about just building a passive income portfolio for mm -hmm. uh, rentals, mm -hmm. and then people were asking me, and I was like, you know, then I said, well, yeah, you can invest with us, or you can buy mm -hmm. this one, what you know. And then we got started, and that's when Martel Turnkey started. Mm -hmm. Then we started getting more involved into into uh, podcasting and mm -hmm. and kind of like communicating and educating people about about that and wrote a book. And, uh, so mm -hmm. but 
you know, that's kind of interesting how, uh, how life evolves and kind of yep. uh, how events and life kind of like direct you towards what you need to do mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to help others. So I really appreciate you putting this, uh, this together, your, your mentorship, your, uh, your mastermind and stuff like that. And they can get that at, uh, at, at selfstorageinvesting.com. Is that the website that they need to go Correct. to to get that? Okay. Yep, right, selfstorageinvesting.com. And we've got a number of free resources there just to, um, you know, get to educate people on the front end to see if this is something you're interested in. And then also a, a few ways to make sure, you know, to avoid some of the gotchas and the pitfalls and the mistakes before you get in and all that. And then an effort to just, um, you know, for us to give back. So, yep, head on over to selfstorageinvesting.com. Lots of free resources. And then for those that want to take it to the next level, as you mentioned, you know, we have a whole suite of resources to, um, you know, allow you to um, not only uh, grow the business and scale it, um, but how to launch it and develop and do all things self-storage the way that we're doing it. Excellent. Sounds, sounds very good. Uh, Scott, before we wrap up, anything you want to add uh, that we haven't touched on? Oh, I guess maybe some, some words of wisdom from somebody who's uh, been around a, a long time. And that is um, just a key on what we had mentioned before. I think many people think that self-storage and, and real estate in general, certain asset classes is, is a very easy business. And certainly uh, self-storage has done very well during uh, the pandemic as we were an essential business, stayed open. We have kiosks that run them and there's a lot of trauma and transition. And so the industry's done well. Um, anybody that looks around the internet uh, will see that, but, but so has real estate. We've had a big wind in our back right now. Um, but don't forget to bring along good folks alongside of you, good mentors, do your education, uh, because a good economy covers up a lot of blind spots as an investor. And there's going to be, there, there will be there a lot of fallout and some folks that will fall by the wayside um, because they, their business was propped up by a really good economy and a good economy for real estate. So you want to make sure that you're protected and that you weather the storm. And so, you know, that starts by protecting yourself with um, education. And, you know, uh, the, the biggest gotchas out there is that you don't know what you don't know. So um, with that, and, and I say that as an educator with no benefit um, and, and asking you for any money, it's just that um, this is the reason why we started this. This is our mission field. And that is to keep people from stepping into it so that they not only you know don't lose the battle, but you can also lose the war if um, your credit goes down and you don't have the ability to move forward afterwards. So uh, get help where you need it, um, but then go out there and execute because um, this industry is incredible. Yep, exactly. Well, thank you, Scott. Uh, Again, uh, Scott Myers, expert in self-storage facilities, and his website is selfstorageinvesting.com. Can they reach out to you any other way, like uh, Instagram or um, Facebook? Yeah, if you, if you type in Scott Myers and Scott Myers self-storage anywhere on the socials, you can't help but find me. We're out there everywhere. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Have a good thank day. You, you too. Take care. Thank you for listening to Break Away from the Rat Race with your host, Eric Martel. If you want to share your story and experience with our listeners, please message us on Facebook at Break Away from the Rat Race. Also, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast on iTunes.